0: Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, and I get to give you another No Guilt Mom win with our longtime OG Balance VIP member, Liz. And Liz has such a story to tell you because if you're in a situation right now where you feel like your child isn't getting what they need from their school or there's a lot of miscommunication going on, Liz's story is here to help you out. So welcome, Liz, to the podcast.
1: Hi, Miss Joanne. Thank you for that lovely intro.
0: I am excited to tell your story because we've seen you go through such a change here with us in the last three years. And just in your confidence and the way that you are advocating for yourself and for your son, So let's start off in the beginning. What was it like before you started advocating for Sean and what was going on that you felt really upset
1: about? I really just felt upset because Sean was not getting the attention that he needed. At our old school in Fontana, Sean kept like misbehaving and Sean is a very... He's a very smart, articulate child. He knows how to advocate for himself, but yet he was not getting heard from the teacher. So all his actions that he was doing in the classroom, he will immediately get sent to the principal. And the principal will always contact me on a daily basis. Ms. Hurst, you need to come get your child. And this was on a daily basis, and this is very frustrating. I couldn't get anything done. I can not even take a shower if I wanted to.
0: Yeah, that that was a lot of phone calls. And how old was Sean when this first started happening at school?
1: Let's see. It was um, last year, basically seven years old. Seven-year-olds
0: definitely do need a lot of help there in the classroom from a teacher. What kind of behaviors were they seeing in the classroom that they were calling you about?
1: They were calling me about meltdowns, tantrums. I even remember this one incident where he had his own recess, where he would just run around in the class. He was not staying in his seat. And when recess did come along, all the other students went to recess. He, he just had to remain in the classroom because he had his own recess. It
0: breaks my heart.
1: We weren't aware that he had
0: ADHD. I remember you talking about this and your frustration at the time, too. And as a teacher, a a lot of teachers do get training in noticing when there's something that a kid needs a little more assistance with and a challenge with. And it was something that I know I was really upset at the school for you at the time, because I'm like, why can they not see that he needs something more than he's been given? Because he's not a bad child at all. But there is something there that needs to be dug into a little bit more to see what other assistance they could give Sean. So what happened that started the change? to you advocating more?
1: Since he wasn't getting the necessary help at his old school, I decided to take Sean to a psychologist oh, just out of curiosity, just to see if what his diagnosis is. Maybe he has ADHD. Maybe he has anxiety. And I did, I'm glad I did because I did receive an official diagnosis of ADHD. But yet at the time, I f- still feel they weren't giving him the help and tools that he needed to be successful in the classroom.
0: So what did you do then when you figured out that he was not getting what he needed?
1: After I got the official diagnosis of the ADHD, I wrote an email that he needs a 504 plan.
0: And did the school help you out from there?
1: They did some things, but then it's like the teacher resigned. The teacher resigned like towards the end of Christmas break, and then a new teacher was being trained. Oh, wow. But then he was, like, so much better with the new teacher because the new teacher was familiar with him. And plus she knew that Sean had the ADHD diagnosis, that she was a little bit more patient with Sean. So I think there were some changes, but not that many changes like I would like
0: the attitude of the teacher in the classroom and the attitude of the adults dealing with Sean and interacting with Sean on a daily basis makes a difference. Like you saw the difference. The patient's level was better and she knew about his diagnosis as well.
1: So I think that was like a really good change for Sean because the teacher was more patient with him. And even they said if Sean behaved for a week, he would get a pizza party. So he did get that pizza party. He did get to invite his little classmate friends to the pizza party, and he just had fun. But I still think they weren't giving him that whole assistance that he needed. Great. A pizza party is great for rewarding him, but that's only like short term. He needs help long term to be successful.
0: Exactly. And is that when you decided to move him to school?
1: Yes, during the summer of 22, we came over here, we moved to Anaheim. Again, you know, Sean was acting up, but thank goodness we got this excellent second grade teacher. She observed Sean, she noticed something was off about Sean, called me into meeting and told me, I noticed that Sean has poor social skills and he doesn't make that much eye contact with me. We should form a student support team on how we can further assist Sean or what other tools he needs.
0: And did they find that he had another diagnosis in addition to ADHD?
1: Yes. Sean has ADHD and autism, so he's a 2E child.
0: So now with Sean at school, how are things going?
1: Sean is doing much better, but unfortunately in January or the end of January, He wasn't on medication at this time. So he kicked, of all people to kick, he kicked the principal in the knee. So even with the IEP, he was still getting in trouble. And and just suspending him, that doesn't help him much either because he's not a normal child. Suspending him, it doesn't work. I would say it doesn't work for any child. He's probably the kid that has the most behavioral tickets and was suspended the most. But I could definitely tell you suspension does not work because after he gets suspended, those actions still were still repeated. We came to the conclusion that Sean got on a modified school schedule. So we started him off for two hours per day because we want Sean to know how it feels to have a successful day at school. So the two hours of school per day, and he was successful. We built him up to now four hours per day. He's been a rock star. So on medication he, and check-in, check forms, he's been so great. And of course, there's like still one bad day, but seriously, who does not have a bad day?
0: Really? Exactly. Liz, you have done so many things, and I hope that you are super proud of how far you've come. When you saw that other school wasn't helping him or wasn't trying to figure out what was going on with him, and you moved to a new school who was willing to work with him unconventionally, like giving him that modified school schedule so that he could build up his confidence in being in school and having those behaviors, that is such a big thing. Two things that we say a lot in balance to really figure out what is behind the behavior and then to build confidence in kids by starting small first and then working up and up.
1: It's just, again, it came such a long way. And now for the end of the school year, Sean is now participating at the end of the year activities and he'll be going back to his regular schedule starting the month of June. I know only for two more weeks, but I will take that any day because we came from such a long road. You did.
0: Well, thank you so much, Liz, for sharing your story. I'm really happy for you, and I'm really proud of all the work you've done.
1: Oh, thank you, Joanne. Thank you for having me, and thank you for letting me share my story.
2: Hey there. I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence